Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bow, and myself wrap up our discussion on the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer in talking about a New Testament passage found in the Sermon on the Mount. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bow, and I have my friends here. Pastor Jason Goodham. And Pastor Brian Rickey. Yes. And, and today we're not talking about anything controversial. We're talking about predestination as it pertains to pre, <laughs> pre-tribulation and premillennialism. So yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. just kidding. <laughs> and then maybe throw in some politics on top of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, we're talking about... Some random Trump meme oh, as far as... American Christianity. I don't even want to hear about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, polite. we're talking about, about anxiety and worry. Aren't we? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, no, we're Sermon on the Mount. Sermon on the Mount. We're doing our New Testament uh, exegesis. Exegesis. Very Ooh. good. Not narcissus. Not narcissus. Not eisegesis. Nope. None of that. Exegesis. Nope. If you want that, you can go other sources. We won't tell you where to find it, though. I won't name names, (laughs) but literally just turn your radio on. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. You are feeling kind of... I'm punchy today. Ornery. Feisty. He's feisty. All right. Well, we're we're reading Matthew 6. This is the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus has this awesome section here that connects well with the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer, mm-hmm. give us this day our daily bread. Yes. Uh, that's a simple summary of it. But um, yeah, so we're in Matthew 6, verse 25 through 34, and I will read that for us. Uh, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Amen. Amen. And just in case anyone was wondering, that question in verse 26, are you of not more value than they? The answer is yes. Yeah. This is not the passage yep. for environmentalists, Just right? saying. Yeah. The answer more valuable than a sparrow is, yes. or a flower. Yep. Well, but even we kind of get into these, sometimes we these modes where we just don't feel we're worthy. We don't feel. Sure. And in in a theological sense, there's, there's reality to that. Mm-hmm. But God did so love the world. And mm-hmm. Jesus, as the good shepherd, we talked about this in the last episode, mm-hmm. he left the 99 and went after the one. And each one of us yeah. is that one. Right. Yep. And calling us by the gospel of Christ and mm-hmm. suffered with us and for us as mm-hmm. one of us in order to redeem us. Yeah. And that's a good Amen. thing. And, and, and that's kind of the theme of the whole passage here is when we have anxiety, when we have doubt, when we have fear, when we have worry, mm. what we are called to do 
by Scripture in multiple different places is to ask ourselves, who has God revealed himself mm-hmm. to be? What is our past history with God? Has he shown himself to be a capricious, malicious, fickle God? Or has he shown himself and revealed to be revealed himself to be good and gracious and benevolent and merciful and mm-hmm. powerful and capable? Mm-hmm. And, and there are times in our cynicism where we might not know how to answer that, but the words of scripture and the creation around us, natural law would direct us to the fact that God wants us to know him as good. Mm-hmm. And that is the reason for not worrying. This mm-hmm. isn't a beat you down with the law passage, although mm-hmm. it is yeah. a command. Yep. This is a passage where you don't worry, not because you've disciplined yourself not to worry. Mm-hmm. You don't worry because in those moments of tension, in those moments of anxiety, you recall who God has revealed himself to be. Mm-hmm. And what's, yeah, what's, right. what's fun about that, what I appreciate what you said is this is in a way a passage similar to John 3, that God so loved the world. And even though John chapter 3 is God so loved the world that he gave his only son, here it's God so loved the world that he provides everything that you need even before you even right. know you need it. Yep. And I think what a what an amazing thing uh, to just really walk in mm-hmm. and to be thankful for. Yeah, and I don't mean to bring up any uh, controversial thing, but, you know, but I'm going anyway. to try to. <laughs> no. um, you know, in our day... Anxiety is a thing that people are trying to, well-intentioned, I hear a lot, we need to remove the stigma of depression, anxiety, and that's that's a good thing. Um, but I, I want to maybe counterbalance that by saying we shouldn't assume that every anxiety or every de- every form of depression is automatically something going on in like the chemicals in our head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it may be that our view of God might be um, misformed or not, or we're not seeing God clearly, mm-hmm. or maybe we're we're trying to bring upon ourselves a, a thing that God has said, "I'm I'm going to do that." And I think that's what's happening in this text: is uh, don't be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink. Um, God is is providing those things for you, and and when we think we need to be the ones doing it, we're taking away. Or we think we're taking away God's God's work, and that leads to anxiety. Yeah, yeah. or or we're focusing too much on the temporary aspect of our life and not the eternal aspect of our life. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's easy to do that. We just we can worry about you know tomorrow, or I got this meeting, or I'm supposed to get this piece of information, or how am I going to buy groceries or pay for the bills by the end of the month? And mm-hmm. and instead of just you mm-hmm. know being consumed by that and as it says in the text what will that change mm-hmm. you know the, yeah, the anxiety right. the the, uh, the elevated heart pressure or blood pressure and heart rate all of that what what is it going to do to change this situation sure. and the answer is nothing and and not that you don't just you know lightly just say oh you know whatever and don't take responsibility for it mm-hmm. there's a balance between the two of taking responsibility but, but trusting in the lord yeah and just say lord you know do everything that you can that you know how to do to try to to pay that bill and and allow mm-hmm. god to work through those types of provision too of, of working and making money mm-hmm. but at the same time placing your trust in god mm-hmm. and doing everything you can uh to just really not allow that to distract you mm-hmm. from focusing on the victory of christ jesus one, and I think too, with what you said, you know, mm-hmm. we can't ever distill any person down to one issue. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you yep. know, yep. it might be mental illness as a form of clinical depression. Mm-hmm. It might be 
a you know a unconfessed sin. Right. It's, it's, there it's might be a pride. Multiple, might be multiple factors. factors. Mm-hmm. But but I think again, instead of focusing on that aspect of things, we we need to see what God is saying through these words to the church. Mm-hmm. And and I think sometimes that's how we wield the law. So we have the command, don't be anxious. Mm-hmm. And there's that that phrase that you know it's an age old phrase that when you are holding a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I think sometimes that's how we wield the law. But here, the command, don't be anxious. Mm-hmm. The response to that is not stop being anxious. Yeah, right. It's compassion. Yeah, right. You know, so if if it's mental illness, that is at least a part of it. We respond with compassion and not mm-hmm. with with you know stigmatizing it. We, mm-hmm. You know, we certainly don't want to alienate people who are depressed mm-hmm. uh, because first of all, there's care that you can receive to help, and second of all, you are a child of God who has been redeemed, mm-hmm. and, and the church needs to respond with compassion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for those who are struggling with self worth. Uh, we want to respond with compassion. Mm-hmm. And we would remember even with a violent use of the law, even with a, a direct confrontation and condemnation, the purpose of the law is always to bring about repentance. Mm-hmm. And, and yep. we yep. need to be aware of that, that you know, absolutely we preach the law in all sternness. Absolutely we do not tolerate sin. We do not mm-hmm. accept it. But that doesn't mean the only way to handle a person who is struggling with sin or the effects of sin or anything else in life, the brokenness of creation, that all the only tactic we're left with is to bludgeon them with a club. Mm-hmm. Is that, you know, Jesus here says, don't be anxious. And it's a command and it can almost uh, be a scolding, but it's not. No, in he, the context, it, it shows how we're, we're not to be anxious or we don't have to be anxious because God has... has uh, supplied us all we need. Yeah. And he gives us to prove. He's like, just look around you. Yeah, look, look at, at the birds. Look, look at the look creation the... and how even in creation, it reveals the glory of God and the majesty and provision of the Father. And, and exactly. So whoever among us, listening audience, us, our families, struggles with that anxiety, that mm-hmm. fear, that doubt, that discouragement, that depression, uh, the message here again to say it clearly, is not to look inside of ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's not to mm-hmm. find the problem and fix it. You know, we're all, yep. all, all can be the, those kind of solution-oriented people. The, the answer is to turn our eyes of faith to God, mm-hmm. yep. to remember who yep. he is for us, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, mm-hmm. and all these things will be added. It, it's the reminder, the, the continuous chorus of assurance of salvation that mm-hmm. we've been preaching on this podcast is that with the assurance of salvation then we can live our lives appropriately in our vocations. Yeah. Vocation. There it is. There it is. I got it in. You knew I was going to. So if you kind of take both of what you said, Brett, mm-hmm. I really appreciate what you were saying. What about that person that's like continually says, well, what's wrong with me? Why can't I just get past this? What's what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and kind of get stuck in that rut in light of this. You know, as we look at God's provision, as we see what God's word says about that, uh, mm-hmm. what do we say to that person that just really thinks that they're the broken one, that they're, you know, that it's all their fault? It probably goes back to what Jason just said about we tend to 
look inward exactly. at ourselves. Exactly. And yeah. that's why I brought it up because mm-hmm. sometimes we just think like, oh, I'm, I'm the one who's got to pull myself up by my bootstraps. Mm-hmm. And we kind of think of it that way. But I think it applies to that situation as well, mm-hmm. to where we kind of beat ourselves up a little bit. And yep. we're good at that. Yeah. I think yep. a lot of us have that invisible stick, yep, yep, you know, yep. <laughs> we just sit there and beat ourselves over the head yeah, all the that's time. That's right. And, you know, with that too, sometimes there's a need uh, to say to a person, what's, you know, they ask, what's wrong with me? You just say, you're a sinner. Yeah, right. I mean, let's not beat around the bush. It's, mm-hmm. You're a sinner. Let's repent, have your sins forgiven, and then you you hear who God is for yeah. you. That mm-hmm. while we were enemies, yeah. Christ died Christ. for us. Yeah, yeah you know? right. And the other aspect is that we live in a sinful world. Mm-hmm. And so there are times where it's by nothing we did intentionally but bad things just happen, yep. you know? And so it's just the reality of sin in yeah. this world. And that's really to blame. And so I, I think it's good to keep that perspective. And, and to the person who's mourning in that way, we mentioned it last episode, you mourn with them. Absolutely. You know, let mm-hmm. them know you care, but be broken with them. You know, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Amen. Mm-hmm. And, and remember the community of saints. This mm-hmm. is the whole point of the congregation. The building up of one another, yeah. yeah, and how bearing each other's burdens that way is part of that mm-hmm. fourth petition yeah. of being the body of Christ, as we talked about in a couple episodes mm-hmm. ago. Yeah, God uh, uses you, the congregation, to yes. serve and bless each other. Yeah, and that doesn't mm-hmm. happen apart from our vocations mm-hmm. either. And, and again, all of this is flowing from assurance of salvation. Yeah, yes. the primary, Amen. the primary activity of the church. Mm-hmm is to convince the people who are attending the church that they're saved, Mm -hmm. that they're forgiven. Because it's in that forgiveness then that we're able to live our lives freely as Christians and to find someone to love, to find our neighbor. Uh, As a forgiven child of God, I am freed to be a better husband. As a forgiven child of God, I am freed to be a better father Mm -hmm. and a better pastor and, and a better friend. Uh, and, and, and oftentimes what I need to hear is the absolution. You're yeah, forgiven. It's, mm-hmm. it's that that baggage we take. I don't know if, if either of you have seen that Robert De Niro movie, The Mission. Mm. Yeah. It's from oh, the late sure. 70s. Yes. I think somewhere about there. And Robert De Niro plays this, I don't know what his occupation is, uh, in South America. And it's a group of hunters or, or, or outlaws or something that are jeopardizing the existence of a Catholic mission uh, to the, the tribes people of the Amazon or wherever it's at. And in the midst of this movie, right smack in the middle, he comes to faith in Christ. Hmm. You know, this is Roman Catholic, and so he has to pay penance. Hmm. And part of the penance is, is the priests are making their rounds, and it's been over a decade since I've seen the movie as the priests are making the rounds, he's carrying this giant sack full of pots and pans and, and all sorts of junk with him. You know, they're going up mountains and down valleys. Amazon is kind of a rugged place. Mm-hmm. And the, the climactic point in the whole film is he's struggling to make it up one of these Amazonian peaks. And he takes three steps up and slides two steps back and he's just beaten and broken. And then the symbolism, then he gets to the top and the priest takes his burden and he cuts that burden free Mm. and it falls down into the valley below. And Robert De Niro's character is able to move about freely 
that's the absolution, mm-hmm. you know, without the penance, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. But, but, you know, it's, we can get the, we can appreciate a gospel image without saying it is actually yeah. the gospel. Yeah. Sure. Um, I mean, it's a good object lesson in a way. I yeah. mean, and, 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 you know, for those who are struggling, uh, with this, uh, it can be a matter of unconfessed sin, but not in the way the American church deals with it. Mm-hmm. When the American church talks about unconfessed sin, it's that you are withholding something from God, not letting him be Lord over your life. And so you're not having your best life now that God is withholding blessing because you're withholding something from him. No, unconfessed sin is that you don't have the peace. Mm-hmm. You don't have the assurance of forgiveness. You don't have th- that hand of God on you saying you are mine and I have adopted you. Mm-hmm. And, and that needs to be the activity of the church in everything because if we are as pastors and as churches devolving into moralism, we're heaping law upon law and all we're doing is we're, we're advancing this idea of no self-worth. We're advancing mm-hmm. this idea of, of doubt and fear and anxiety rather than comforting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the text there, Jesus wants that to look different than the world. Yeah. You know, as he says, Gentiles or the unbelievers exactly. seek mm-hmm. after these things. Yeah. And so do we, we have a, a peace in the midst of maybe a dry time. We have a peace in the midst of an anxious time. We have peace in the midst of distress. And that's all because of what Christ has done mm-hmm. and because of the victory that we have in Christ Jesus. And it yeah. does look different than the world. Yeah. And that proclaims the gospel in a really extraordinary way. Mm-hmm. And when we don't have that peace, we're directed back to the place we can receive that peace Amen. instead mm-hmm. of directed to do a better job. Yeah, exactly. harder. Yeah. And, back to and, the cross. You know, th- that... The word of peace in that, you know, that verse, that's verse 32 of Matthew 6, you brought up, for the Gentiles seek after all these things. Yeah. Your heavenly father knows mm-hmm. that you need them all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. He knows the, what you need. Yep, the things that are listed, what shall we eat? What shall we wear? What shall we uh, drink? Uh, exactly. He knows, God knows you need shelter to survive. God knows uh, you need food. And if you're suffering those lack, you know, if you're worried right now, you know, the church know that even though we don't always do a good job of expressing it, we mourn with you. Mm-hmm. And, and the church wants to and needs to provide mm-hmm. for you. Uh, and we don't minimize that suffering. We don't want to belittle you in that suffering. But yeah. we, we want you to know that the God who has taken care of the most important thing in your life, which is your salvation and your eternity, is the same God who's providing for you your daily bread on a daily basis. Amen. And I think at the core of this, and I know I bring this up a lot, but I think it's true, is humility because sometimes we have to ask for help. And honestly, you know, I remember remember somebody telling me this from the church. I remember I had, I I was kind of just really struggling. I was in my my early 20s and uh, I had to pay some bills and the church helped me out. And my pastor basically said, you shouldn't deny people the blessing of being part of the body of Christ to help you out. Mm-hmm. And he goes, when you don't ask yeah. and when you don't make your need known, you're not really being part of the body. You're trying to do it on your own as an isolated individual. Mm-hmm. And that never left me. I was really yeah. moved by that. And now as a pastor, I've actually expressed that to several people. It's like, don't deny the body, the privilege of being the body, you know, let people be the body of Christ mm-hmm. and bring your need to the church because that's what the church is is yeah. um, not primarily for, but is definitely uh, something that flows mm-hmm. out of the gospel and, and is an application of the oh. gospel. 
And and at the same time too, though the church just needs to do a better job of taking notice. Yeah, amen. Of finding the lonely person. Yep. Of you know, it's we're we're so concerned about our own private lives. We need to do a better job of opening up our homes. Well, to that people or and, in the midst of our mess, our home doesn't need to be pristine to invite mm-hmm. someone over. Just mm-hmm. invite them over. Mm-hmm. That show them they're welcome. Caught up in programs and numbers and growth and all this other stuff and. We just forget some of the more important things, you know, about being the body and just loving one another with as Christ has loved us. Absolutely. Hmm. Yeah. Well, where? how can we start to land this plane here? Well, I, you know, I think... <laughs> do better. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> the moral of the story, obviously, here is do more, try harder, and be better. All right. right? And, and to just yeah, stop We just undid sinning. all four episodes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. No, it's, it's... Trust in God. It's, it's the comfort of the gospel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the comfort of the gospel. And, and again, here we are illustrating the importance of a well-grounded faith. Yeah, Faith is not emotional or primarily emotional. Faith is not primarily experiential. Mm-hmm. That If your faith is rooted in the truth of God's word, you have a refuge to flee to when your emotions and when your experiences betray you. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, that's why we confess. That's why we have a confession. We, I've mentioned it dozens of times on this podcast. The nature of the Lutheran confessions, the nature of the Book of Concord is to repeatedly be bringing up the subject of comfort for burdened consciences. Mm-hmm. That's fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer stuff, if there yeah. ever was anything, yeah. that we pray for daily bread. Yes. That's immediate physical comfort, not not overabundance comfort, yeah. like we're comfortable, but it's knowing that I'm going to have a meal waiting for me when I return home, you know, this evening is a comforting thing that I'm yeah. not going to, you know, my kids aren't going to starve, Yeah, you know? And that we serve a triune God who loves us beyond our wildest imagination, mm-hmm. uh, a father who sent his one and only son, a son who willingly went to the cross for us and the power and ministry of the Holy Spirit working through us, those who are in Christ Jesus, to, to continually comfort us, remind us of the assurance of faith that Jason just mentioned. And in that assurance of faith, live a life as an act of worship because he's worthy. And mm-hmm. placing our trust in Christ, returning to that victory and just always, always, always keeping our eyes focused upon on the cross of Christ. Mm-hmm. And remembering who God has revealed himself to be. Amen. What's yep. his history? The good shepherd. Yep. So here we go. Philippians chapter four. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is anything excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also, invite a friend to check us out on iTunes. Please join us next week as Pastor Jason, Pastor Brett, and myself continue our discussion on the Lord's Prayer, looking at the fifth petition. God bless you, and have a great week.